When you were growing up, did you ever hear a question, why did you do that? But it was really a correction. It wasn't actually an authentic question. If that's the case, do you know that that adds a lot of confusion for our kids? And in worst case scenarios, it can be damaging. Today, we'll talk about the impact of some of that damage and how you can be more clear and less confusing for your kids. Are you tired of repeating yourself with your children or wonder why they don't listen? Are you frustrated because you wish your kids could communicate their wants and needs more clearly instead of whining or yelling? Are you plagued by the feeling you cannot meet all the needs in your family? Hey parents, you don't need to stay overwhelmed and exhausted. It is possible to build strong family relationships and have boundaries that benefit kids. Hello, my name is Dina Lynn Rosenbush, mom, grandma, and speech-language pathologist of over 25 years. In this podcast, you will find solutions to get kids to listen better and build strong family connection, feel confident in managing difficult behaviors, and to help your children build more language of their own. So if you are ready to communicate in ways that build deep, meaningful connection and create a more peaceful, productive, and happy home, listen in. Let's interrupt the way you've been parenting so you can become the parent you want to be. listeners, welcome to the Language of Play and this 50th episode. Hoot, hoot, hoot. We are celebrating here at the Language of Play because this is our big accomplishment so far. Now, those of you that know me know that I am not naturally very techie. So this is truly a celebration, truly an accomplishment that I am celebrating and we are wanting to invite you in on. What we've decided to do to acknowledge this milestone is to offer for 10 days $50 power coaching sessions to whoever communicates with me. And in addition, the first five people to communicate with me are going to also get a Starbucks gift card. So email me at hello at the language of play.com and I will respond. Today's review is from Shauna Parker. She writes, My son is 14 and has Asperger's. Communication with him can sometimes be a struggle, or even just holding a conversation with him. I got so many great tips and ideas from a few episodes already. Episode 6 especially, asking questions, specific questions, will definitely change our communication. From Shauna, from Make Money Doing What You Love, Thank you, Shauna, and I'm so glad it's helpful. All right, let's get into it. How do you create confusion? Asking why did you do that? But it's not actually a question. Many of us have grown up with the question, why did you do that? To mean, change yourself. You're doing something wrong. Shame on you. That was stupid. Or other meaning about our behavior. And it was negative. Our parents got triggered and used why, as a question, to express their feelings. This is deeply embedded pattern in many of us. 
and it was for me too. But what is the problem that comes from using this question to express my feelings now as a parent? Well, I can remember being a child, and I remember when my parents, uh, they, they meant to help me, they meant to correct me, just like you are with your kids and I was with my kids. But I can remember being very confused. I knew I did something wrong, but I don't know what it was, and I sure didn't know how to fix it. That feeling, I know you know it too, leaves us powerless, frustrated, confused, separated, diminished, shut out, and stuck. That's what it was for me. And I know that many of us have had all of those same feelings as well. So take a moment to think back to your childhood, because it is a common method of parenting. But now over time, as we study behavior and and the human brain and we understand how we operate better, we realize it's not helpful. It's not a very effective way to raise a connected child, a connected adult that knows how to communicate well. And since that's the focus of this podcast, we're going to dig into how and why this happens and what you can do to change the patterns that are so deeply set within us. First, we're going to talk about the consequences of using why as a correction. Here are some of the issues, the long-term issues, that you yourself might be dealing with, and I know I had to learn my way through as well. When we bark as a statement that means to stop or to change, we inadvertently teach things we didn't intend to teach. Our kids learn not what we intended for them to learn. Kids learn that since they don't understand, they can't really trust themselves. They can't trust their perceptions. They don't know how it is that that internal compass can be relied on when what they're hearing doesn't match the expectation for them, especially if they're not allowed to also ask a question back, like, what do you mean? Or, They don't have the capacity to ask those questions back. Such as when a child has a language delay or hasn't yet developed the language necessary to ask. Another thing is that kids grow up always guessing what someone else is thinking. They jump through other people's hoops continuously trying to figure out, okay, now if I was supposed to fix myself or change myself in this situation... Uh, I hear this same pattern, Uh, I need to change something. So maybe these kids grow up to be adults and you go to your work environment and your boss asks you, why did you do it that way? And instead of feeling like that was a question, you feel confronted, you feel threatened. That is an outcome of having these why questions not authentically mean why. When we use the why question the way maybe you were raised, you're enforcing in your brain that why is confrontation, why is correction. And I, my challenge to you is to understand why we should undo that thinking and pattern of interaction. Staying in that zone creates people that are, the current terminology is people pleasers where we do everything for somebody else at the expense of ourselves. 
or codependency is an older term, but in, it's essentially the same thing. Because of how somebody else behaves, then you respond according to what you think you need to do according to what they did, and you get into this song and dance of behavior, but it's not authentic to you. It is simply what you're trained up to do, which is you are trained how to react to others. And you're constantly trying to catch the next ball that's falling or figure out where the next step is supposed to be. Like in a dance, you don't know how to dance and you're trying to follow and you stay there. This continuous experience can leave us feeling not good enough, like not a good, a deep seated not good enoughness about ourselves. It's like, I don't know what. I should do in this situation. I, I'm not really good enough at this judgment, or I'm not strong enough at this skill, or somebody's always better than me, so I shouldn't do it myself. I need to get somebody else's input. I need to get somebody else's help because I'm not enough. Growing up this way also, some people learn to be silent and not answer questions. So often in their life, the question meant something different than a question. I see this as an issue as I coach parents and also in my speech therapy program, where conversational skills are weak because people don't have a good command of how it is to use questions in a way that isn't going to threaten somebody else because they feel threatened by a question, so they don't know how to ask questions. Or they don't know how to answer questions because questions have been used as a direction, so they're trained to understand a question as a direction. So when somebody authentically asks a question, they sit there and they don't know what to say because they're trying to figure out what the command is when the other person is simply trying to get information. This leads people to end up being self-critical and have difficulty in relationships and have self doubt and have difficulty in their skills and their work. It impacts people in their future relationships, whether it be romantic or family or employers. So I hope I've sold you on the idea that we want to be authentic with our questions. We don't want to ask questions, meaning them to be a command or a direction or a correction, but rather when we use a question, it's seeking information as a question is actually intended. Questions are wonderful. I advocate questions all the time, but in the context of authenticity. So how is it, if you have grown up this way and this is a pattern that is in your life, how is it that then that we take this pattern that is in us and we undo that pattern? Well, here's how I did it. First, we need to become aware of our speech and what it is that we say. So I'll challenge you parents for the next week, whether you know for sure this is you or you're unsure if this is you, for the next several days, it might take you only one day to figure this out and it might take you longer. Become aware of your speech and how you use questions. Notice your own self. Really put a microscope on yourself and, and pay attention to how it is that you communicate outwardly. Don't judge it. 
Just look for the patterns of what it is that are embedded, embedded in your conversations. How is it that you can notice how you communicate? You can notice it with your, your spouse, with your kids, and even the internal dialogue that you have. I would actually encourage you to get a pen and paper and just have it sitting out and jot things down as you notice. Be careful not to judge, though, because you want the free flow of your normal coming forward so that you can become aware. We can only change things that we are fully aware of. And then when you become aware of multiple things, and if you're really aware, you will see multiple things you want to change because all of us are like that. And then you're going to pick one thing that you want to focus on. And what that one thing is, let's say, for example, we're going to choose how I use the word why. I'm not saying this is where you need to begin, but that's the focus of this episode. So let's go with it. You notice that you've been using why incorrectly, so then you're going to make a decision. I am going to change how I use the word why so that why is more authentic. When I ask why, I will not use it as a correction. I will use it authentically. So there's your determination. There's your decision. That's the course correction you're going to make in yourself. Don't expect perfection. But children are very, very good to understand that redos need to happen. So then when you realize you said it wrong, like, oh, why'd you do that? You go back to your kid and say, okay, I'm sorry. I want to have a redo. Why did you stuff noodles down the drain? Or what were you thinking when you put your doll under the lawnmower? And then be quiet. Be calm. Have a gentle face. Because kids get scared quickly and easily. Now, maybe your kiddos are going to answer easily because they're older and they have good language skills. Maybe your kiddos are younger or have low language skills and they don't have the answers for you right away. And this is okay. You've dropped the question authentically on them. You've given them time. If they don't answer... Return again, maybe an hour later, maybe at bedtime. After time has lapsed, ask the same questions and see what it is that they would come up with as an answer after they've had some processing time because some kids need a longer processing time. Now, I will also encourage you to give yourself a cue card because sometimes during those moments when they are doing something that makes no sense and you just want to grab your hair out of frustration and scream, why are you doing that? And you mean a correction. If you can catch yourself prior, which again, it takes practice, so don't expect perfection. So have a cue card, like maybe on your refrigerator or someplace where you are frequently present that gives you a statement that you can ask. Maybe it just says, breathe and believe. And that is the fourth thing. Breathe and believe. They have a reason. Now their reasoning is going to be as mature as their brain is developed. And that is not something that you have control over. They will mature at the pace that they mature. Now we can teach them things like knowledge and skills and experiences. But maturity and that ability to sort and problem solve some of it can be taught, and, and the 
part that we just expect to suddenly arrive, that's maturity. And it doesn't come at a faster pace than it does naturally. So it's not your fault when they make these decisions that make no sense. But if you can find out what it is that they were thinking when they were making those decisions, maybe they thought that the lawnmower was going to cut the doll's hair the way it cuts the grass. Maybe when they put the noodles in the drain, they had seen somebody else put food in a disposal, and they just thought that it would go down. It's hard to know what they're thinking at the time. Maybe they thought that it was cool looking because the shape of the noodle matched the shape in the drain, so they felt like they were playing the block game where you match the shape and size. Any number of things could be the reasoning. And they may not have the words again to completely explain to you, but know that their reasonings, if they're actually thinking about it, is often, not always, but often, just a very, very immature reasoning, and a lack of broader knowledge that they're coming to the table with. So that fourth thing with breathe and believe is be curious. Be curious. Try to understand what's going on in their head. And if you would like to hear an episode of a great example of how a dad turned around his language using a great strategy, go to the last episode and you will hear a success story with turning around why. So that is it for today. First, I hope that I sold you on how important it is to turn those questions you ask into authentic questions and be in relationship and have communication with your kids rather than using them for correction. I hope you're sold. After that, I know you'll want to change your habits. So here are some things that I did to change my habit of mind. First, I needed to become aware, like I had to notice what was coming out of my mouth. And then once I got a good handle on noticing what comes out of my mouth, I had to decide what I was going to change. Then, when I recognized what I had done, I would go to my child and ask for a redo. I would apologize and say, I didn't do it the way I wanted to. Can I try that again? And I gave myself a cue card that helped me in those moments where my frustration derailed my thinking. And my cue card also said, breathe and believe, be curious. I hope this was helpful. I know there's a lot of power in it because it has been a life changer for me in building connection with my family. I hope that it works well for you. I would love to hear what you chose to implement, what it is that you chose to work on, and of course, how it goes for you. As a reminder, this is the 50th episode, and we are having a celebration here at the Language of Play with a bundle of Power Hour coaching sessions that are only $50 a piece. And the first five people to sign up will also be getting a gift card to Starbucks. That makes this time a perfect time to try out coaching and seeing how you benefit. Thank you for celebrating 50 episodes with us here at The Language of Play. Remember, moms and dads, when you get behind the eyes of a child, you can speak in ways their brains understand. Thank you so much for joining me today. If you feel hopeful and want to hear more, please share this podcast with other parents that might want the same. 
I would be so appreciative if you would rate and review. You can also connect with me at hello at thelanguageofplay.com. At